Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, really excited to have a, now I would say, longtime friend and uh, returning guest from Gather Women, uh, Kathy Ostertruck. Kathy, welcome back. Good to be here. Got to see you a few weeks ago uh, when we were kind of straddling two conferences in Calgary, and uh, that was kind of fun. So we were able to, to set up this conversation. Uh, just give us a bit of an update on how things are going on in your world, even personally these days. Uh, well, personally, I know I don't look it, but I am a grandmother of four little guys, <laughs> five, four, uh, four, and eight weeks old. So that takes my time and planning a wedding for my youngest daughter. And so all those things, uh, I have family across Canada. So lots of uh, activity. Um, I'm definitely one of those women doing all the things, but hopefully doing it in a very uh, healthy rhythm. <laughs> How many of the grandkids are local? Uh, t- two are local, two are in Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, how many of them are Spoiled on a daily basis is basically what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, I can spoil the other ones. It just costs more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, when's the wedding date? July 7th. July 7th. Okay. So you are on a you are on a countdown right now. Yeah, it's fun. That's great. And uh, ministry-wise or, uh, you know, other, other stuff going on, how are things? Yeah, there's the things I must do, uh, the things I want to do and hopefully will do soon and the things that I dream about doing but that will be God (laughs) so I'm always living in three realms the things I must do have to sort of come first sometimes awesome well let's dive right in we've we've uh, introduced you before and had conversation about your ministry called gather it's a national ministry uh, that empowers women develops female leaders and and really pursues the vision that I know so many of us share for men and women to live and uh, especially lead uh, better together than we could alone. And so uh, just give us an update on everything that's happening with Gather these days. How are things going? I know kind of we all shut down for a time in the pandemic. You were doing some uh, online stuff and making resources available. But, you know, coming out of the pandemic now, how how are things? Well, we never really shut down. And when we had a discussion with our exec team and our board, we said at Gather, we're able to pivot. We did all the things. We went virtual. We hosted, you know, launched our podcast. We did all the things we needed to do to stay relevant and keep the momentum moving. But one thing we don't know how to do well is rest. So as we enter our seventh year of ministry, of formal ministry, uh, fifth year as a charitable organization, it's a really good time to see what happens biblically in the seventh year of any ministry. And the first thing is, of course, to celebrate the harvest, but also sometimes to let the ground rest for a bit and see what new pushes through. And we used at our recent conference this image of a fireweed, and a fireweed plant is the first plant that pushes through the ground after a devastation has happened or prescribed burn or chaos. It's the first plant that kind of pushes through and finds its way to the light. And I think Gather right now is a fireweed. We are 
pushing through. And I think we are looking to what will be new because I think the landscape has changed in Canada as a nation, in the world for sure. But in the Canadian church, things have definitely changed. So we do two things. We are proactive and try to lead the way in our environment, but we're also reactive to see, well, how do we then not change our vision, but how do we change our model so we can meet what's happening currently with female, the female church, but also the church in Canada. So we're in a season of resting, but not stopping because we can't lose momentum, but, but discerning for sure. I can, I can imagine Uh, as far as events that you're offering these days, when you talk about, you know, changing a model, reinventing yourself, you know, in our context, we talk about replanting, like we're actually, we're restarting a church. It's, it's that drastic. Um, what, what, what do those kind of new initiatives or what do those events and activities look like in your world these days? Well, our scaffolding, I think we have three verbs and three uh, groups of community. So we, we connect, so we connect women. And as long as we're doing that, uh, some way, some form. When we had our recent conference, almost everyone that was platform, every woman that was on platform said, I met so-and-so through Gather, or we're now doing this because of somebody I met at Gather. We're trying to connect women. There's nothing that really connects us coast to coast. There's no other uh, pipeline or portal that does that. So that's very general, connecting Christian women. The second thing is equipping leaders. And so we try and do that in the pandemic. We had to do that online, you know, create a group specific. We had some masterminds that were specifically for leaders. This last uh, time we gathered in Calgary, had a Friday, Friday night leaders gathering. So however we can do that. And then the last one is mobilizing the female church. And so that has a lot to do with finding out where the women are in the church in Canada, who are the women, have they stayed, who's left, and then how they are working alongside their male counterparts to flourish. Those are our verbs. Our three groups are the one, the few, the many. So we're always involved in both formal and informal mentoring conversations with women. Uh, That's the one. The few, we have our gather internship, which will be launching in the fall this year, which is leadership development And then Gather Voices, which is um, equipping female communicators that have a desire or an anointing or a call to preach or teach. And so those are the things we do. So in terms of how we're going to do it specifically this year, that's what we're discerning. And we have our podcast, which is The Many, for sure. I was going to say, you also make resources available. So talk about that maybe. Yeah, well, every every week I write a Monday motivation, and every time I've tried to get myself out of doing that, I get a lot of people saying you have to keep writing. So we do that. We're on social media. Social media. Uh, we try and link to other women who are doing amazing things in the country. We've got probably six or seven, um, six or seven conferences that we have 
um, taped that are available to encourage women. So if you need resources, we have them or we can point you somewhere. But we've got leadership resources, general Christian women resources. And now we're really micro-niching into this area of women in the church because the church really is the bride. The church is what Jesus determined would be built when he went away. He said the kingdom is near and this is how we're going to build it. And so we seem to have been called into this space because if we don't influence in that space, uh, then none of the other spaces really uh, are impacted in the same way. Yeah, yeah, totally. I track with that too. Um, You you mentioned kind of things changing coming out of the pandemic. So I'm interested in just kind of tapping into some of your recent or, or sort of leading edge learning. You know, when you consider what Gather's up to and some of the modifications that you're making, I guess, first question would be just how are you feeling about just the state of the union of female leadership in the church these days? Right. Well, human beings are human beings, whether male or female. And I think our question this year early on was given the way the world is, and I call it, you know, I I just refer to the world as turned upside down and a little bit chaotic, just a lot like before the first Genesis uh, moment. And so how do we, the question is, how do we then live? How do we then live in this world? And I think we've been discerning that whether male or female, our spiritual practices and our disciplines are something we really need to get back to paying deep attention to, which means we won't be able to do all of the things. We have to do internal work that's going to match what's going to be needed of us externally to lead. And I think, of course, Mark Sayers, you know, call to leaders to have a non-anxious presence. I know very few leaders, besides you, of course, that <laughs> have this sort of calming effect in the world. If anxiety is viral, then strong and holy leadership needs to become viral as well. So who are those that will carry that? And our focus, of course, is on female leaders. And so we have always been committed to integrative, whole leadership development and calling women to Jesus and proximity to Jesus, not proximity to gather or the church, but first Jesus. Because I think if we go there uh, first and spend more time on that in the months ahead, I think we'll have stronger, healthier human beings <laughs> and uh, a lot less interdependent, a lot more interdependence, a lot less codependence, and a lot less of a fragmented society. So if our prayer is for God to put us back together, put the church back together, put our nation back together, it has to be first put me back together. Hmm. In, uh, you know, in the season we're coming out of the pandemic, are there things that you're, you're finding unique to women that they're kind of as a generalized, in a generalized way, that they're needing the most? I know there's been a lot of talk, for example, coming out of the pandemic about teenagers and, you know, yeah. just the, the the mental health and the anxiety uh, rise in teenagers coming out of the pandemic, you know, being kind of locked down or online learning. From a female perspective, have you have you noticed anything kind of unique or specific that that women are, are either struggling with or carrying or just needing in, in support and encouragement these days? 
Yeah. Conversation and relationship and safe community for sure. I think we don't know with all the ghosting that's been going on and with all of the rhetoric, with all of the highly charged political, uh, you know, conversations, justice conversations, gender conversations. I think when we don't know who to trust, we may have gone back into ourselves a little bit. And so when a woman meets another woman and there's that connection and friendship and cause, that's magical. It's it's like the coaching relationship. It provides power in the relationship. And I think women are, not that men aren't, but women are hugely empowered by safe and robust and challenging relationships. So when we can connect women and get like-minded women in the same room, what happens in that space is the potential is real. So I think that's been the need. And I think relationships that are healthy. So when I say healthy, I think of it as a triangle. So we must, first of all, each of us think of ourselves as independent beings, fully dependent on God. So we can be interdependent, not codependent. And I think our codependencies, even our codependency with social media telling us who we are, I don't know what's happening with the men, but I know with the women that we have allowed uh, the outside (laughs) voices to tell us who we are in the last three years more than ever, because our phones have become our best friends. You know, we reach for it first thing in the morning, we take it into the bathroom. I don't know if men got, but, but we've just given so much power for our identity away that uh, we need healthy relationships and safe and robust communities for sure. To be clear, I have taken my phone to the bathroom. Good. So, okay. not, just, not just a woman thing. Um, one of the things I appreciate about your ministry and, and even how you're talking, Kath, is that in our context, I think one of our recent learnings and, and even our challenges in pursuing many of the same things that, that your ministry aspires to and, and supports is appreciating the difference between just garden variety confidence building in women versus actual leadership development for women specifically in the church. How have you noticed the, the, the differences between those two things uh, and, and kind of dissociated them in, in, in your ministry into different emphases? Well, that's an interesting question. And I can't say that we can dissociate them. I don't believe it's possible because they're so intricately linked. For a woman to enter a leadership development program or sign up for anything, she has to first believe she's a leader. And most women, not all, if you lined up even the most capable women and said, this is for leaders, most would say, well, I'm not really a leader. I'm not really a leader. And we still say that. I say that. So this confidence thing is just part of the DNA. I think because since Eve, there's been so much opposition to us as a gender, as a species, even though we're created in God's image, we're equal match you know, to man. We have all these beautiful natural psychological gifts. Uh, we create safe spaces, better spaces, creative spaces. We raise generations we still don't think highly of ourselves. So I don't think we enter anything unless we have a parallel confidence component to it. What happens with women is there's external opposition to our voice, you know, the culture, the church as an institution, 
the unhealthy, uh, long-held relationships between men and women, patriarchy and matriarchy, but basically our own voice to ourselves is our own lid. So when we have put a lid on ourselves, <laughs> you can try, but nobody's going to take that thing off unless women do the work. So how do you get women to disassociate confidence from a leadership development experience? You can't. They have. That's why our, our internship and our Gather Voices program, we spend most of the time on the internal narrative and identity, you know, founding identity of a woman. And once that lid, you know, is able to be lifted, then it's like there's no, then it doesn't matter what external opposition is. If you own it, if you can understand it, if you can see it in yourself, what God sees in you, then you don't need that external, you don't need to say, you don't even need to call yourself a leader. You're a child of God. So, so flush that out a bit for, I mean, we've got Southridge church members listening. We've got females listening. We've also got men listening, parents, spouses, uh, and we've got leaders uh, listening from uh, across Canada and beyond, uh, many of whom are going to be male. Uh, and so I know we've got a lot of guys listening that I think that this would be helpful for. As an example, when you talk about gather voices and like the, the hard practical skill development that you're doing in developing communicators, how are you integrating then that leadership development with the confidence building? Because I'm tracking with you saying that they're in many ways inseparable. Give me a description of how that, how that plays out practically. Well, I mean, if you don't have confidence that the message you're carrying is seated in you by God, uh, you won't have confidence to walk in that authority. So where does that authority come from? When you're confident, you can walk in a room and and feel like you've got something to contribute. You can walk up on a platform behind a pulpit to the girl at the checkout and say, my credibility is because I, I'm an image bearer. I've been given a message. I've worked on developing that message. And so I don't need to prove myself you know, to speak. And so with the women, we give them lots of reps. Reps bring confidence. And that's been one of the challenges is that we just don't naturally in our church environments have as many reps to grow our confidence. Confidence also is so related to competence. If we feel competent, we'll feel more confident. It's also related to character. So that's why the integrative approach where what does your personal life actually look like? Where are you spending your time? Where are you distracted? And what what's needed in this day and age is for women in particular to have enough confidence through the reps, through the community that's championing them, through that the fact that they have authority, God-given authority. They're part of the priesthood of all believers. They've been called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Everything the men have been called to do, we have been called to do, and we have unique birthright gifts. We can then be in cultures that don't support that. And it won't, they won't be strong enough of an obstacle to have us quit. So I think part of the challenge with us is that we just feel because people don't affirm us or get us, or we're the only one on a leadership team, or maybe there's two of us, our options are to stay and, and tough it out, uh, to leave, or to stay and understand that we are actually a transforming agent in the room and we can actually transform the culture rather than the culture rather than the culture asking us to conform to the 
to it. And that's the kind of women I personally want to raise are the women that are confident enough that their authority has been given to them, their credibility, if they've been invited to a work environment that's even largely male um, or above their pay grade, that if they're there, don't, you know, don't look around you for constant affirmation. If you're there, try and transform what you can with the way God has made you. So those are the kind of conversations we have because most of the women, I wish it was different. Most of the women come with stories that have to do with uh, environments of lack, where something is lacking. Very few women come to say, I love my team. I'm affirmed. You know, I, I get lots of opportunities. Um, I can represent the female narrative. You know, there are messages from the pulpit uh, on women in the Bible. Very few. And so lots of work to do. Hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate it at a very, very granular level, your, your question about just developmental reps. And for those of us leaders listening, do you even have developmental reps in your system and where can you find, I mean, we've got, we got four or five spots in the context of our local church that we've identified and then try to be super deliberate about uh, to leverage as developmental reps in addition to just practice reps through, you know, teaching training environments. So that's, that's, that's really great stuff. Uh, I guess in your experience these days, Kath, when you're, when you're, when you're doing this female leadership development slash female leadership empowerment, it's all kind of the, same ball of wax. I, I, I'm tracking with you. What, what are you finding that is most challenging? You and I, for years, have you know been different pieces of the puzzle, working towards this better together future. What what's what's getting in the way of that these days? Oh gosh, where do I start? I think it's. Still, <laughs> I think there's just still a thing that women are not mainstream, even though we're the largest demographic, you know, more than half the church, more than half a nation, that we're still not mainstream enough to occupy mainstream places at the table. And I'm talking about in the church. So when you're looking at, you know, church conferences or church staffing teams, you know, what happens with the women is still sidelined, maybe not intentionally, or that's a women's thing. Even our Gather Women's Conference, like, we should be doing more where women's voices are more represented, like equal voice, equal presence. And something in the culture, you, we, what, every time we have a gather conference, we talk about women in the church, future of the church, identity. I'm going, why are we still talking about it? Yeah. It really keeps us from moving the work of the church to you know, evangelize and share the gospel with the world. It just gets in the way because we're still stuck on this thing about, well, women and men leading is so complicated that we have to manage it somehow. We have to manage conversations. I would like to see whole conferences where the main stage is just having men and women hash this out once and for all. But when it's like a workshop or it's a sideline thing, we don't get anywhere because unless the whole you know, unless the whole environment or atmosphere changes, then there's little pockets of bright lights, like, you know, work that you've done at Southridge, but Southridge and how many other churches that you can count on one hand are doing this work out of the hundreds of churches in Canada. And until that shift happens, we're still pushing that big, big boulder up the mountain. 
So you feel like one of the most practical steps is for main attention environments, platforms, you know, conferences, you know, maybe even Sunday mornings in the context of local churches, to give it the highest, the highest platformed attention spaces and just dive in until this conversation ends. Because it in 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 your world, I'm hearing the fact that that conversation still lingers and people and us as a community can't move past it continues to be the anchor that slows us down. That's well said. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of work to do and the time is short. And so, you know, if women are holding themselves back because they don't have the opportunities they need to get the feedback, you know, to gain their confidence and to increase their competence. And if the communities or the portals for development aren't available, uh, I know of very few ministries that are actually developing Christian women in Canada specifically uh, for ministry or church positions. And then the opportunities in the churches or ministries just aren't available either. So there's a lot that needs to change, but yeah, you know, (laughs) I, and I do feel like when you address this issue, all of the others come in like dominoes, of course, there's going to be more social justice, you know, of course, there's going to be more equity, of course, There'll be less poverty. I mean, there when you have women involved, actively engaged and invited to becoming the solution rather than the problem, I still feel like for some reason we're still a problem. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's tough. I'm, I'm thinking about our lead team. So in January we did another reorg, and our 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 senior leadership team now is half and half, four men, four women working together. And uh you know, I'm thinking about our meeting just last Monday. So we have a, a Monday, you know, one to three, kind of a standard church leadership team meeting. And if the conversation stopped every week and revisited whether we should be functioning like this, man, we'd be going slow. And uh, I, I love your challenge, especially to leaders listening to say, what is going to get us past this? What conversation do we need to have once and for all? I guess my final questions, knowing that this isn't just about women for women's sake in your world. This is about, as you said earlier, the bride. This is about Jesus and the the entity on planet Earth that he loves, that he died for, rose again to empower, that carries on his legacy. I guess in your work now, you said you're five years in, um, formally with Gather, how are you seeing this empowerment of female leaders, this female leadership development, how are you seeing it even start to change the church and change how the bride functions these days? I don't, I can't answer that just because I don't have a holistic view. I only have my world and the women I'm connected to. And I haven't seen enough of it to say it is changing. Hmm. I, I think you're right. Like this is not just about men and women. It's about the church in all her glory, the church in all her glory, the radiant church, which just speaks to the relationships between men and women in general, not just, not just working together, living together, marital siblings. It's, it's relational health. It's relational health with God, the father, the Holy spirit and the son. And I think we almost have to go back to those origin beginnings is like, how do we relate to each other in healthy ways? And I would love to see it change, but if it was going 
on a trajectory before the pandemic. The pandemic has sure not helped us at all. Hmm. If anything, it's hindered us. Um, and Canada is a tough, it's a tough one. I mean, we were at one conference together and for all of the church leaders in Canada, I mean, did we get a good representation of the entire church in Canada? I'm not sure. But to get everybody together on this topic and, and talk about relational health so the church can flourish, um, we're all so just, you know, we're all separated from each other. We're all spread out. And so I think, I think one of the ways, I mean, I dream about having a summit. Let's just have a summit. Let's just get who's really got their hand raised for the church so it can flourish, come together and start to shape that. Uh, what I've seen that has most encouraged me have been individual stories of transformation. We had a girl come for, to gather voices from a large church in London, Ontario. She's on on the leadership, on the church staff. She came through Gather Voices. She came to Calgary uh, to one conference, and then she came in. She, she spoke on platform. We gave her an opportunity, and that experience changed her life. So now she's going gone back to her local church. She talks different. She walks different. <laughs> she's got like this swagger about her. Mm. And that's the kind of women we need in those spaces. We can't walk in saying like, do I deserve to be here? And, you know, do I need to ask for permission? We need women, strong and holy women to be markers for a generation. I want the same thing for the church as I do for my the children and grandchildren that I'm raising. I don't want them to see me as weak or checking out or, you know, peace out. I'm done. I've put in my time and we need to stay, but we need to be strong and not apologize for it because this is about the bride standing before Christ at some point. And we need to answer for, you know, how we, I think just modeled what Jesus did with, you know, he, nobody, he needed nobody's affirmation <laughs> and he, he, he did what he had to do. And I would just like us to do what we need to do. Hmm. That was a, that was a, <laughs> that was a really good last three minutes. I almost want to land there, but I do want to give you the, the chance, Kath, as we wrap up to, to, to just kind of give any final encouragements or challenges either to our members at Southridge specifically or other leaders listening when it comes to this whole ball of wax, empowering female leaders for the church to be as radiant as she possibly could be. What else, what else do you have to say? I say just pray uh, expectantly for people to run with. So if you're at Southridge I'm going to assume that you're connecting and you have opportunities to connect. But if you aren't male or female, you know, get people around you to run with, to do the job with, you know, get in a small group, get in, you know, a mentoring and accountability relationship, male and female. And if you're not at Southridge, if you're listening from somewhere else and, you know, start praying about who that will be, you need at least one person I like the idea of a triad, like a, a Trinitarian, you know, the three of you, uh, you know, those, those, those things we need in this culture to keep us solid. Cause it's, it's challenging to be a Christian in this culture, but to be a, a female disciple, male disciple, we need, we need the small and happy few. So we need the comradeship, 
um, I don't know how else to describe it, but find your people, find who you're going to run with, find who's going to pull you forward. People always want to pull us back. Institutions pull us back. Traditions, religion pull us back. God has always wanted to move us forward. Who are those people that will move you forward and run with them? Hmm. Fantastic. Kath, thanks so much for being here again today. I appreciate the the tireless effort and what feels like just a, a never-ending kind of reservoir of passion, drive, love, and hope, uh, both for women flourishing and for the potential of the church when men and women are living, functioning, and leading together in the, the, the full and flourishing way. So appreciate you sharing today. And uh, just know that from our spot in Southern Ontario, kind of the Niagara area, uh, as Southridge, we're, we're certainly cheering you on and love you very much. Thank you. It's a privilege. Awesome. And to all of you who are uh, tracking with us, thanks for being here again today. We'll see you in about seven days time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Thank you.